Welcome back to the Miss the Pod. Before I get to the episode, I just wanted to share a bit with you about Lemis the brand. I created Lemis for personal reasons as I'm a huge candle lover and I started worrying about what I was inhaling with some of the more luxe brands and even some of the just like more, you know, cute little um like artisanal brands. You just never know what's in something until you start doing your research. And so I did, and I started playing around with essential oils and learning more about aromatherapy, and thus began the journey into creating a clean, luxe, sustainable home fragrance brand called La Uh, We launched with four scents, and there are so many more to come. I created this podcast as a way to support the brand, but also to provide you with something beautiful, uplifting, and cozy to listen to while you have your candle lit. So to learn more about the brand, you can head over to www.lamis.com, L-A-M-I-S-C.com. You can also check us out on the Instagram handle, which is um, at La Miss Studio, so L-A-M-I-S-C Studio, and there's so much more to come, but in the meantime, please enjoy the episode. Welcome to La Miss Pod, a podcast featuring creatives, entrepreneurs, and interesting folks doing interesting things. These are real conversations covering topics such as career journey, life challenges and triumphs, romance, self-care, and all the miscellaneous things. Hi, and welcome back to Lemis the Pod. I'm your host, Dana, and today we have Unique Crespo um, on the pod. He is the founder of Pot de Wheel, a CBD infused um, olive oil. <laughs> and so we sat down with him to talk about launching this business. Um, He's lived a very interesting life growing up in the South Bay area, Miami, Buenos Aires, and then to his home country of the Philippines. Um, He spent his early career working in the tech startup space, but felt a calling to his true passion in the culinary world. He decided to launch Pot de Wheel um, in 2017, and since then, he's launched multiple collaborations, which we've mentioned actually on previous episodes. He did a collaboration with Kat O'Dell and Mike Bagal on um, CBD-infused hot so- sauce called Hot Sloth, which has already sold out. Um, it's in its second... I guess, release, (laughs) I think, maybe at this point, even it's third, and um, he's done other collaborations as well, and it's obviously a very unique company, and it's garnering more attention during these times for obvious reasons, and so we sat down with him to talk about his super cultured upbringing and how that ended up carrying over to his passion of the culinary space, and we talked about the challenges of you know, working in the startup world and the nuances of working in the CBD space. Um, We talked about um, his passion for travel and also the fact that he had to cancel his wedding. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's so sad. So, um, he's just such a cool guy and he's had such an interesting upbringing and life. And so it was really so fascinating to learn more about the CBD and culinary space. I think it's such a specific world that he's working in. So, and you know, the challenges of working on a startup during these times, you know, like COVID is a real challenge for so many small businesses. And so, you know, we wanted to hear about how he's navigated that. Um, it's a super interesting episode. It's great for anyone who's, um, in the entrepreneurial space or intrigued about CBD infused anything. Um, so please enjoy. Hi, Anik. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, so where are you currently based and where are you originally from? I am currently based in the Bay Area, and but and I'm originally from here too, but I lived a pretty nomadic lifestyle, if you will, and I've traveled, well, lived in Miami and uh, South America and Asia and a little bit in uh, Europe before circling back to the Bay so, so, uh, so why so why was that? What was the move all as a result of? My dad was in tech and he's always found new opportunities in different continents. So he moved the family around periodically whenever he found a new uh, project to work on. I would say that my hometown is Miami, though. Oh, really? Okay. So what years did you live in Miami? Like, what age were you? I was... Between 3 and 13, 1989 to 1999, those were my formative years and my fondest memories as a child living over there. So you were there till age 13, and where did you guys move afterwards? My dad moved us to uh, Buenos Aires for a year, and it was the first time I left the country, and it was a bit of a culture shock, especially for someone who's... uh, a 13 going on 14. And I knew how to speak a little bit of Spanish, but definitely dove into the deep end. And it was quite, quite different from Miami. I'll say that much. Yeah. And so in terms of where you went next, where did you go next? So my dad, he he retired and he wanted to bring us back to like the country of his ethnicity and his home. Uh-huh. So And he wanted us to uh, meet the rest of my family. Most of my extended family is Philippine based. So he uh, he sold his company and moved us to Manila so that we could get in touch with our uh, culture and our. That's so that's such a gift. It really is. I didn't know much about my Philippine background since it was I mean, we didn't have uh, too much in the way of tech back then uh, to uh, stay in touch. I mean, Facebook wasn't right. a thing. <laughs> right. So it was definitely eye-opening when I moved to Manila. How long were you in Manila for? I was there for about a good four, five years. So you were about, how old were you, like 19, 20? I was there between, for high school, actually. So I was, I, I graduated when I was 19 and came back to California, but I spent the better part of four years there and uh, my whole high school um, life, if you will. Okay. So let's just fast forward a little bit. So you 
returned to Northern California for university. And where did you go for school? I went to UC Davis, a little bit outside of the Bay. And um, I studied economics, but I also took a few classes on uh, viticulture and enology, which is what piqued my interest in the culinary space. Funnily enough, I actually collected wine when I was in Manila. I wasn't able to drink it, but I was, <laughs> I was, but I was able to collect it. My That's dad. So funny. Right? <laughs> like most kids, when they grow up, they collect uh, baseball cards. But my dad needed, he had no knowledge of wine at all, but he needed, he did a lot of entertaining. So he, t right. he gave me like a couple books. I read up on it and I started collecting bottles. So <laughs> That's really funny. Okay, so an interest in the culinary space was very evident from an earlier age. And then, so you graduated and what happens? I worked in a few startups, most notably One Medical, and I worked in the finance division there, but it wasn't exactly like the most gratifying job. It definitely was... Um, something I like. You weren't passionate about that. Exactly. And uh, given that my fondest memories, Miami, Buenos Aires, Manila, were of like, you know, dining out with my, uh, with uh, my parents and then in high school with my buddies, it became a super passionate field for me. It was something I've always seemed to gravitate towards. Okay. So how many years were you working in tech for? I would say around about a decade. I mean. Okay. So you kind of did spend a chunk of time there, but I'm real, I'm sure like connections and like the knowledge that you gained from working in that space really did end up helping you later down the road. No? Absolutely. Yes. I was able to, to transmit a lot of my uh, knowledge in project management and in finance and, um, operations and bring it over to the startup I'm working on. And yeah, so let's let's talk about the startup a bit. So it's can you pronounce it for me? Because I have a little bit of trouble. <laughs> of course. It's called Poduil. Translated from French to English, it means pot of oil. So it, it has that cheeky pun that every cannabis company has, but it's a little bit more elevated and thoughtful when uh mm -hmm. so just to quickly just so the listeners know, it's a CBD-infused olive oil, correct? Correct. We're going to roll out a THC-infused olive oil later in the year or 2021. Wow. Okay, that's cool. So, okay, so what was the inspiration behind this business? I've always loved anything that's delicious, and I've always been puzzled as to why there's no edibles that tasted good, and I tried to solve for that. After doing a lot of research, I found that olive oil is both the best carrier oil for CBD and THC, and also, obviously, one of the most versatile cooking mediums out there. So it dawned on me that, you know, you could use this as a uh, delivery mechanism for chefs and home cooks to um, create THC dishes or CBD dishes any which way they want in right. an easy to use manner. Okay, so you love, like, the, you're passionate about the culinary space, but why are you so passionate about infusing oil with CBD? Like, why? 
Well, first, I'm a big fan and believer of uh, cannabinoids and its health and wellness benefits. Mm -hmm. But like to be completely candid, it's because it just bothered me. It simply bothered me that there is no one doing it right. And the more I looked into it, the more I realized that that I could solve for that problem and um, create a product that's cool and easy to use and uh, familiar to everyone. Can I ask you just quickly, like, um, when did you launch this business? It was a passion project for two years. I had to do a lot of research and development and between 2016 and 2018. Mm -hmm. And I still work concurrently with my day job and took the plunge in 2018 and started uh, Poda Wheel full time then, like the end of 2017 started 2018. So it was definitely a little unnerving doing something um, full time, but it's so gratifying. Mm-hmm. Were you, did you sell fund the project? Yes. Um, That's why it's super unnerving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I get it. Um, but you know what? It is a very unique product and you're right. Like, I, I do believe that there are definitely health benefits, especially if you suffer from anxiety or lacking in, in the sleep department. I, I can only imagine that if you're using it to cook with things, like you could create a delicious neon, like later on, like pass out because you're so, because of the effects of the CBD or the THC, like that's just a lovely added effect. No, that is exactly it. Yes. Especially Come dinner time, that's when I use the oil, especially uh, when I have my days where I'm going to have a hard time sleeping. Having CBD olive oil or CBD products prior is such an added benefit. It really helps, like, it helps me sleep easier. So, okay, when you do cook with it, I have so many questions. Does it change the composition of the chemicals? Like, or is that like a non issue? It does. So, CBD and THC, just ballparking it, has a burn point of 300 degrees Fahrenheit and above. The exact number for THC is 314 degrees Fahrenheit and above. So if you fry with it, you're frying off all the good stuff and um, you're basically, you know. So it's uh, better for like a salad dressing. Absolutely. Or for baking an olive oil cake. That's because the, inter- the the batter inside never reaches uh, temperatures that high. So right. it's great for baking or for finishing. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, so this makes sense to me. But does does the oil have a taste of the CBD at all or how does it work? No, so through our proprietary manufacturing, uh, we figure out a way to capture the full spectrum of the cannabis plant, but without the uh, flavor profile, the that bitter, overly grassy flavor profile commonly associated with cannabis. Okay. We've been able to like leave that out of the uh, processing. Yes, that's awesome. Okay. And so in terms of the research involved, you mentioned that you spent two years with that and then like, how did you just manage to not, like, lose your shit in the, in the span of those two years? Uh, I think I have lost my shit. So times in those two years, I'll, I'll be honest. But like with any project, if if you care passionately about it enough, you're going to eventually overcome it. So without giving away too much information about the secret sauce, it was a lot of trial and error. And we finally found a trial that worked. 
Okay, cool. So in terms of leaving your job, you said that taking that plunge, you did it in 2018 and it was quite scary. Like what was the reasoning for you to take that leap at that point? I had to pick one or the other, a stable job or actually going all in 100% into um, my uh, project Podwheel. And it couldn't be like half-assed. So if I were to actually launch this, it would need my time 24-7 and all of my resources, energy, what have you. If I've only allocated two, three hours a day on it, it would never get off the ground. So I decided to, you know, take the plunge because you could see that the trend was towards cannabis being much more broadly accepted mm-hmm. and used as a product uh, rather than seen as a drug. So mm-hmm. I thought the timing was perfect. Yeah, no, for sure. And so in terms of navigating the startup phase and maybe some of the challenges that arose during the initial, you know, you really focusing on this business, like what were some of those challenges? Legal hurdles were insane are and they continue to be quite tricky but when a industry and industry transitions from illegal to legal navigating what is doable and what isn't is crazy because no one knows which legal language to follow so sometimes you're sitting on your hands trying to figure out like oh can i sell here can i produce this one day something's legal and you could sell it and the next day, they could just uh, change their minds. So it's very hard to operate in a field where things are always changing in terms of what can be done and can't. But the thing is, like, I feel like if you have a really superior product, it, it's like I feel like you'd be able to overcome those hurdles, you know? Absolutely. It all starts with a good product. I mean, you, you can market the heck out of something that's okay. And, but at the end of the day, if you have something that people love, then you can build out from there. So it all starts with a really good product. And I might be a little biased, but I think Podwheel is a pretty kick-ass product. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Everything I've heard about the product is just like superb. And it was highly referred by someone that is sort of like the queen of the food industry, in my opinion. But okay, <laughs> so let's talk about Cat and Mike, because this is how you and I connected, um, Kat, who's also been on the podcast, Kat O'Dell and Mike, her fiance, they um, collaborated with you on a hot sauce that I think it's already sold out once, right? Yes, yes. First, backtracking a little bit, meeting Kat and Mike was completely happenstance. Well, it was very 21st century, obviously, and we met through Instagram and I sent her samples of Poda Wheel and... Um, yeah, she actually, she, she, actually, she mentioned on, on her episode how you sent her your oils and she was like so impressed with the quality of the oil. And then that's how this collaboration basically came about. That's exactly it in a nutshell. And she loved the product. Uh, we connected back and forth. Lo and behold, we collaborated over Hot Sloth, which is a CBD hot sauce that sold out like really quickly and we're in the middle of like producing a larger batch so that we don't run out of it again yeah, that's amazing <laughs> we i feel like it, it sold out within days was that true that's right yeah. it sold out within days we weren't expecting the 
it to be received so yeah. well because we didn't put any marketing efforts behind it. I mean, we told our friends and family about it, of course, and, but it just ex- like it exploded and we sold out and now we're making more so that we can like really address the market demand. Yeah. So, okay. So in terms of the collaboration between you and them, where did the idea for a hot sauce come from? Was it their idea and they suggested it to you? Like what was the whole development process behind that product? Oh, it was super collaborative. They suggested it initially and we, we powwowed and we were trying to figure out like what our favorite condiments were and uh, where we aligned best. It turned out like hot sauce was the clear winner. So we, we just came up with the idea one day and said, let's make a hot sauce together. And here it is. Yeah, <laughs> um, awesome. Okay, so now she also mentioned, I remember that you guys are working on an additional sauce that's coming out in October. Can you talk to us about that a bit? Sure. We love hot sauces so much. We're making a second one, but this one is, <laughs> yes, but this one is, um, it's a ghost sauce using ghost peppers and it's transparent. That's completely their idea. Since Mike is such a genius when it comes and a magician, when it comes to cooking and um, culinary arts, he was able to make a almost fully transparent hot sauce wow Uh, so we're calling it ghost sauce right in time for uh halloween that's genius it is it is and it's gonna be so much fun and and that must have been a lot of fun to do but what about like the marketing the branding of the bottle like is it in theme the ghost sauce bottle is basically the sake vesicle that they found in japan they saw this cone-shaped bottle that is super cute well they couldn't find it here in the states so we you know me being very good at you know project management found it in japan (laughs) and we're gonna be over here so yeah okay and is that scheduled to be released exactly when you thought it would around halloween is that still on happening or it's we're pushing hard for it but you know with every project especially in co- um in 2020 yeah. there's going to be uh delays we have so many supply chain issues mm-hmm. that are completely out of our control including yeah. like you know importing stuff from abroad even within the states like trying to source ingredients is not as easy as it was in 2019 and <laughs> before yeah. that so we were we're gunning for the week of halloween but it's most likely going to be uh, pushed out a little further mm-hmm. okay and then in terms of that's i mean that's fair i mean given everything so that's actually a really good segue to our, my next question in terms of everything that's going on with COVID, like how are you adjusting with your business and how, what are some of the changes that you've had to make? Well, we've definitely had to uh, transition from a hybrid model where we sell our olive oil in storefronts, select storefronts to a complete direct consumer model. And um, uh, we basically set up the supply chain or the value chain rather for direct consumer sales all in March and April. And it, believe me, it was, it took up all of my hours. <laughs> so, yeah, we had to build a website, but we also had to find like, we had to find a facility to park our bottles that also like 
does all the shipping and we also had to like integrate the website with their platform and integrate another platform onto uh, Square. So having all these connections, if you will, from platform to platform to platform, if you don't have it set up optimally, it can be really shitty. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. It's, I could see how it could be a disaster, but so you had to set up your online store, but what are some of the also to deal with? Just the whole setting up process of getting the products onto basically a an Amazon competitor who sends the bottles nationwide, like even getting space there and getting the time of day to talk to someone because they're in such demand and because they also don't have their shit together um, <laughs> was impossible. I mean, I, I had half the idea of like literally driving there, you know, making it happen in person, but it, it never came to that. And we were able to be onboarded onto this platform. So we had to make a website. We had to get onto this platform. And then we also needed to get a payments processor to take in transactions. And most payments processors don't take in CBD revenue. So we were part of uh, Square's pilot program for CBD uh, payments processing, wow. which was yet another hurdle to overcome because it it being in beta, th- it was a little glitchy on there and too. So sometimes it would take in the wrong transaction or it would take in the wrong amount of money. It was a nightmare all around, but uh, we got through it. Yeah. What's the price point it, of the product? We have a 125 milliliter bottle that sells for $36. And that one has 125 milligrams of CBD in it. And then we have another one that has 500 milligrams of CBD and that sells for $72. Mm -hmm. And in terms of like competitors, is there anybody else in the market that's of competition or not really? There's a few upstarts here and there, but we've had uh, I've been working on this for some time now. We've established ourselves and we've established our uh, core customer base so that they are our repeat customers. And having that first mover advantage always helps. Yeah, for sure. And then, okay, so in terms of your marketing initiative, like, are you recommending dishes to make with it? Are you getting creative in that respect? Like, how are you marketing it? We're marketing it as basically a super simple, anyone can use it, even if you don't know how to cook. The point of the oil is one milliliter of olive oil equals one milligram of CBD or THC. So if you want to dose your own to the exact milligram, you just use the corresponding milliliter. So the sweet spot for me is seven milligrams of CBD. Just measure out seven milliliters of olive oil and drop it into the dish and you're done. And, oh, and so good. I would just drink it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have done that. I've actually taken shots of it before. I bet you have. <laughs> I mean, whatever works, works. And I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I think it's a genius um, solution to, as I said, anxiety and like sleep issues. So and it's also a good time. Like, why not? Yeah. And like, also, another reason why I made it is because I do have sleep issues. I've always had trouble sleeping more than like five, six hours a night because okay. I'm a fairly high strung person to begin with. Right. And 
I've always felt like I needed to be on the go. So I found that CBD, a nice dose of it at night helps me, you know, wind down the day and sleep and sleep for longer than five hours, which is so nice, especially if you're used to taking sleeping pills or being prescribed other uh, sleep agents. It's there's such a bad hangover with that. And also they're really dangerous. A lot of them. They really are. There's a lot of side effects, like grogginess in the morning and operating vehicles thereafter is not or, a good like idea. With, with Xanax, a lot of people take it as a sleeping aid. And it's actually, there's studies that have shown that it leads to early onset, like Alzheimer's and dementia and all that. And that shit, you know, if you could just... A hundred percent. And feel safe and good about it, then why not, you know? So just... Switching gears a bit, well, kind of, but not really. But I want to talk a little bit about your passion of food and what some, you know, some of your favorite food trends might be. I love that a lot of high-end restaurants are shifting to more casual models, but still creating like world-class dishes meant for takeaway. Um, I mean, I guess COVID forced a lot of uh, restaurants' hand that way. I also like all the condiments that are sustainably sourced like bro up and barrel has this great program where they source their uh, spices from faraway places but are fair trade so it, it's getting people from around the world familiarized with the more exotic ingredients here in north america uh that's pretty cool and uh, low abv drinks like house is also another cool trend that i see and on the other side of that like bottle age cocktails um so There's definitely a lot of innovation happening in the CPG space. There's so many more options now in terms of like condiments, which is extremely interesting to me. For sure. For sure. Um, And then talk to me a little bit about living in Northern California and like what sort of inspires you with your business there and what are some of the like your favorite things to do? Me and my fiance Kat love dining out. Uh, Katrina, that is. Like, we made it a point to like map out our month and base it around the reservations we bagged. <laughs> like, uh, where, whether it be at like steeper provisions or hard to get spots or, you know, just far away places that are in Sonoma and require a little bit of planning around. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that we're in shelter in place, it, that's changed a little bit. So, we try to like venture out as much as possible to different farmers markets and supporting it's called entities over here. But for the most part, like it's tough for the hospitality space overall because mm-hmm. everything's closed. Mm-hmm. But let's just like talk about it as though it was just normal life. Like what were some of the favorite places that you'd go to? What are some of the favorite activities that you would do typically? Oh, Absolutely. We go to natural wine bars and that's another food trend that I think is really cool is uh, natural wines. So it's so great to see like something different than the typical California wines. And so we go to like all these natural wine bars in the Bay, uh, including Ordinaire and uh, 20 Spot, you know, discover new things as we go. So wine bars are like our jam, so to speak. Love that. Okay. And so you did mention meeting your fiance, Katarina. Can you tell me a little bit about that story of how you guys met? You know, it's really funny because when I moved here from uh, Manila, we had all the same friends. We had a lot of common friends, but we've never met. She was there the same time I was, but 
for some reason or another, we never bumped into each other. But we did over here and we started dining out. And part of the reason why we are together was because we both shared uh, love and passion for food. And we just kept on dining out, not because we were romantically into each other, but it bore out of that. <laughs> so, so we kept on like staying in touch and uh, we were dining buddies, but our passion for food grew and um, grew a fondness for one another. And um, now we're engaged. So nice. Okay. And so <laughs> did you, did you have to like postpone your wedding or any of that or not really? Yeah, we did. Oh, <laughs> Unfortunately. Man. I know. And everyone around us, like a lot of our friends, well, it's wedding season. <laughs> Let's just yeah. say that. And a lot of them were getting married. Um, we're scheduled to get married this year. So they're pushing it back to 2021 at the earliest. So we're thinking of like just indefinitely keeping it like off because they were in the front of the line and we don't know when this is going to end. So we're just, you know, going to have it open dated. But so it's a total bummer, but it Would is. Would you ever it is. just get married at like, you know, go to the city and just get married like that or elope, that kind of thing or no? No, 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 <laughs> not with my family. <laughs> you know, like Filipinos are very like, they love to celebrate. A hundred percent. And they would loathe to miss like a wedding. I mean, the, me, me, me and my uh, fiance joke that we were throwing this wedding more so for our family than ourselves. And a lot the, of people feel that way, though, when they're planning a wedding. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But given that, like, how my family is, I feel like my sister is planning it for herself <laughs> and my mom's planning it for herself. Yeah. And I'm just like along for the ride. Yay. So I'm like, sure. Where was it? To be, sure. Where was it going to be or where is it going to be? I should say. Uh, we were planning on having two receptions because half our family lives in the Philippines and half, um, half our family lives here in California. Yeah. So we thought the best thing to do was to throw two of them. Oh, a wedding <laughs> in the Philippines would be like the most glorious thing ever. I know. A beach wedding is it's would the be most phenomenal. beautiful. I love the Philippines. It's so amazing. And the people are so nice nice you've been yeah, Did you, yeah. Have you... I, I went to a bunch of different islands and then i went to manila too i it was like such a fun it was so my kind of jam of a, of a vacation like all the beaches i went to that <laughs> cave you know the cave with the bats inside i don't know what it's called it's yes like a... i know i know where the bat cave is and it's in uh this island called boracay which is um it's renowned for its beaches i think that's where you went Right? Yeah, I, I don't even remember. I, there's so many different islands. I need to, I need to cross reference. But it was, it was such a fabulous trip. I, I love that trip. It was so great. Yeah. So I can only imagine what a wedding would be like there. Like just incredible. Yeah. And at least now you kind of have time to really like reimagine what those weddings are going to look like. You know. Totally. And we're definitely going to serve like our oil optionally <laughs> in the uh, during the dinners. That's going to so be a real it... fun wedding. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you can cannot... only serve the THC oil because you don't want people to pass out after dinner. <laughs> yeah, I 
I don't know. I mean, I would definitely want to give people the options, but it would be fun to see what everyone uh, acts giving out the THC oil and not telling them. It would be yeah, so fun seeing like my THC to like Granny and Grams. Like that's not <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> might be super fun though. Might be super <laughs> or fun. Funny. Might be slightly dangerous. We don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so let's just talk really quickly about what you're most looking forward to in the near future for the business and also personally. Well, definitely the collaboration with Kat and Mike is like, it's something that I'm totally looking forward to and something that we're proud to roll out Poda Wheel. And um, we were working, like bringing Ghost Sauce to life is going to be epic. It's going to be a joy, but also like looking into going into different markets, looking into Canada, because the cannabis space there is so it's very much evolved and very set in stone. Like everyone knows what the rules of the game are there. So I'm definitely looking to uh, sell some olive oil there yeah. um, when, when possible. So that is definitely of interest. Personally, I definitely want to like, you know, start traveling again. I miss traveling so much. Yeah. It's difficult staying put in um, the Bay Area, even though it is a great place to live. I mean, like, I'm, I, I kind of have happy feet right now and I'm almost tempted to fly, but I don't think that that's the most prudent thing to do uh, at the moment. So yeah, I'm I definitely like, go on a road trip or something, you know? That's actually what we're doing. We're doing more local trips. Me and Katrina are going to go camping in Big Sur on my birthday on November. Fun, fun. I love that. You're going to have so much yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're totally looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, detaching and detether from, uh, you know, shelter in place and um, all the fun that is 2020. So, yeah. <laughs> like, disappearing into the wood and camping in um, the middle of nowhere is... It's something that we're totally looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and so can you just tell me where people can find you and your product? For sure. So because most stores are closed, you can find it at uh, pdhcbd.com. Mm -hmm. And you'll find uh, Hot Sloth on our website as well. It's sold out at the moment, but... Um, we're working around the clock to bring it back on our website and uh, for sale nationwide in the States. Amazing. Amazing. Is there an Instagram account for the brand? Yes, there's an Instagram account for Poda Wheel and it's at Poda Wheel, P-O-T-D-H-U-I-L-E. There's also an Instagram account for the hot sauce and no it's way. hot. Cats, uh, Cat Odell is managing that one and it's, at hot sloth sauce. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed. All of Unique's information is included in the show notes, as well as the information for um, emailing us and following us on Instagram. It's all included in the show notes, so check those out. And please rate, review, and share, and subscribe. Um, we will see you next week. Have a good one.